patriotism, faith, national unity, education, fiscal responsibility, civility, the values that define America. Fascinating stories and talks from America-loving patriots dedicate to preserving freedom, opportunity, and justice. Welcome to the Friends and Fellow Citizens Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 69 of Friends and Fellow Citizens. I'm your host, Sherman Tylosky. Thank you so much for joining me this week. This week is also our 2021 solo show holiday special. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button and be sure to learn more about our program at shermantyloski.com. Link is down in the show notes below. I hope you are all having a wonderful holiday season, whether you're celebrating Christmas, Hanukkah, or some other holiday around this time. I really hope that you are taking this time to spend time with family, to buy gifts, to go out for a road trip or even a trip abroad, wherever your holidays may be. This is truly one of the greatest times of the whole year. Now, for those of you who have joined us within the past year, this is actually a brand new tradition on Friends and Fellow Citizens that was started in the last winter holiday season. Even though I am someone who is very much interested in politics, I read about it a lot, I read a lot about history, a lot of these things are important. However, I also know that the value of taking time away from those important subjects is truly a virtue. That is why around this time, at least for two weeks, we take a break from the politics, from the policy and the policy making and all the things that are happening around the world because we want to take this time in the holiday season to reflect on those stories about those who spent this valuable time with their families. We take some time to reflect on the past year, and we also prepare to look forward to the new year and all the amazing opportunities that lie ahead. Today is the final 2021 solo episode, but one week from this episode's released, we will still have an interview episode, but one that is holiday-themed to keep up with our tradition of setting aside politics and those important subjects, but spending this time to reflect on the holidays and to just have a little fun with each other. Our final 2021 episode will be two weeks from this episode's release with one of our Sacred Honor series episodes. I hope you will join us for those two episodes and to welcome a whole new year of 2022 episodes on Friends and Fellow Citizens. Now, for this year's holiday special, I like to take some time to share with you more about the holiday season during the American Civil War. This is such a unique topic for me because I didn't know much about it before even making this episode. I had always wondered what people were doing around Christmas time. Now, I want to give you all a little bit of backstory as you sit back and relax, maybe near a fireplace like I am, 
or somewhere comfortable, there is something very, very unique about Christmas, not just within the holiday itself, but the significance of it in American history. You see, Christmas actually used to be viewed in a very negative way. When the Puritans came to what is now Massachusetts and really the New England area, Christmas was actually viewed in a very, very bad manner. In fact, it was illegal to hold Christmas celebrations. And this is because under Puritanism, Christmas should not be celebrated in any kind of festive manner. It was supposed to be more of a solemn tradition. And anyone who was caught doing this in Massachusetts could actually be fined if they were caught. And the reason why I bring this up is because Christmas, for better or for worse, became a holiday that was quite modest for much of the beginning of American history. People might think about the Battle of Trenton during the American Revolution, when it was already a very tough time for both sides, the British and the Patriots. And yet, George Washington took that advantage using Christmas night or Christmas day to surprise the Hessians. Essentially, Hessians were essentially the German mercenaries of the British, surprising the Hessians in Trenton, scaring them out and delivering a huge victory. One could say like a big Christmas present for the Continental Army. Some people might also think about the Christmas truce in World War I, when the British, French, and German soldiers took that time to not battle out, but to recognize the holiday of Christmas and celebrate with one another. For many years, Christmas was seen as that modest holiday, but things started to change for this holiday season when the bloodiest civil war started. At that time, imagine yourself in times of desperation, at times when you were told to fight for one side, even if you didn't have a whole lot of fighting experience. You didn't know if you were going to come home. You didn't know what exactly was happening back at home. Nowadays, think about the technology that we have, uh, cell phones, of iPads, and computers. We can FaceTime our family if when we are away. But think about those times when the power of the written note and the written letter were key to communication. Even though the telegram was invented around that time period, it wasn't always easy to send that message and that quick message and that quick response from your family. That was the case for the Union and the Confederacy. Now, how does this relate to Christmas? Well, like I said earlier, it was celebrated in a modest manner. Well, it was still celebrated in a modest manner, but for very different reasons, though. It wasn't based on the old Puritan manner. Modest Christmases were a way to cut costs with people suffering from economic desperation, with families divided on the issue of slavery, and with people struggling to make ends meet, families started getting more creative about how to celebrate Christmas. Instead of buying those expensive toys, children made toys, or parents made toys for their kids. 
people started to figure out that Christmas could be celebrated in a less festive manner. Not to say that it was necessarily frowned upon, but people had to find new ways to have each other's company. And one of the things that people used to do, especially when you were in battle and you were wondering how your family was doing, you would write a letter. I want to share with you some of those letters that were exchanged from both sides. First, I'll read some letters from the Confederate side, and then I'd like to end this episode with a quick story and letter from a Union soldier. It's also important to know that the the tradition of Christmas wasn't just about modesty. In fact, Christmas, in many other ways, became even bigger than it was. When I say Christmas became even bigger than its modest roots in America, it's not about the lavish spending, although that certainly didn't happen if you had the means to do so, as it is for any time period in the United States. Rather, it was about celebrating Christmas despite the stark divisions within the country. This is really the core theme of Christmas during the Civil War, and I think it still means something to people nowadays, even though the circumstances are very, very different. Yet when we reflect on the past year and really the past decades, we've seen the divisions. We've seen how people can turn against each other in the same country. Maybe we can take some pause to read some of these letters, to learn the stories and to learn the conditions which people lived through during that very, very fraught time. One of my favorite stories from that time period was about Abraham Lincoln's son, Tad Lincoln. When President Lincoln told them about the difficult conditions a Union soldiers were having to go through. Little Tad Lincoln wanted to do something special for Union soldiers. When Tad was, even was just a little boy during the Civil War, he would deliver presents to Union soldiers across the North with his father, President Lincoln. That, to me, was very, very warming to hear. And imagine the president's son delivering presents to Union soldiers, many of whom have lost so much during the course of the war. Many of them didn't know what was going to happen, whether there was going to be a United States at the end of this long, arduous conflict. Now, let me take some time to read some of the excerpts for these letters that were exchanged on both the Confederacy side and the Union side. This one here is from John Shropshire of the Texas 5th. He was camped on the Rio Grande on December 26, 1861. And this is what he wrote to his wife, Carrie. He wrote, We arrived at this place last night. Our mules and oxen broke down, having been out 36 hours without water. We came a new road nearly all the way from Fort Davis. The road was very heavy and water was very scarce. Our horses are all in good condition, as could be expected, all poor and 
some of them very poor. Christmas Day 1861 will be remembered for a long time by this regiment. Not a man of which I guess, but would have gladly been at home. I thought of you many times, and hoped that you were enjoying a good time. The eggnog and good things you had to eat, I sincerely hope you had the good appetite to enjoy. I could have enjoyed a dinner with you amazingly. I cannot say how much glory we will gain, but I can say that we will have done as much hard work as any other soldiers in the Confederate service. Cavalry on the march have a hard time at best on the march, but especially do they suffer when they march through a wilderness when a scarcity of everything essential to comfort prevails. I candidly confess I never would have come this way had I imagined the country was so mean. In after years, when Charlie's grandchildren get old, this country will be used for raising sheep. If I had the Yankees at my disposal, I would give them this country and force them to live in it. I intended to write you a long letter, but cannot write for the men around me. Send me by mail all the good news you can get through by mail. I cannot write any more. As soon as we get into quarters, I will write you again. Goodbye. Write to me every day. God bless you and Charlie. One thing I'd like to point out is when you're with your regiment, you try everything you can to make the best out of the conditions, even when it's around the holiday season. You've got people who do just the craziest things, drink, party, just revel, play games. But that truly was the way of life of so many people at the time. And it's just remarkable reading some of these letters, knowing that a lot of these people didn't have military experience and yet have that grit and that ability to write, to speak just frankly about their emotions and how they long so much for the holidays. I think one can imagine in any scenario and in, in that terrible, terrible conflict that the one's appreciation of the holidays really, really exponentially skyrocketed. You can imagine how someone like him was thinking when he realized that this would be the perhaps the first ever Christmas that he would ever miss with his family. All right, here's another one. From Henry Allen of the 9th Virginia Infantry. He wrote from South Carolina in a place called Hilton Head. I am quite well at this time. We have had some very cold weather here. We feel it much more seriously here than we would in a much colder climate and have suffered much. As we have but few articles of bed clothing. We are not allowed to receive money clothing, or boxes of any kind, and see quite a hard time generally. How are my dear little ones? Kiss them for me. My love to all at home and to all other relatives and friends I wrote to John this morning. I know you will think of the absent me while eating the Christmas dinner. I have nothing but dry bread for mine. Goodbye, and God bless you, my darling, from your affectionate husband, Henry A. Allen, right soon. This is one from Tally Simpson of the 3rd South Carolina Regiment. And he wrote to a friend back home. This is Christmas Day. 
The sun shines feebly through a thin cloud. The air is mild and pleasant. A gentle breeze is making music through the leaves of the lofty pines that stand near our bivouac. All is quiet and still, and that very stillness recalls some sad and painful thoughts. While we were there, Brigadier General Patrick, USA, with several of his aides to camp, came over under flag of truce. Papers were exchanged, and several of our men bought pipes, gloves, etc. from the privates who rowed the boat across. They had plenty of liquor and laughed, drank, and conversed with our men, as if they had been friends from boyhood. Write to me quick right off. I wish to hear from you badly. Remember me to my friends and relatives, especially the Pickens and Ligons. Hoping to hear from you soon, I remain your bud, Tally. Oh, that peace may soon be restored to our young but dearly beloved country, that we may all meet again in happiness. But here's the amazing thing about it. Tally Simpson is a Confederate soldier writing to his friend. And Simpson refers to someone named Brigadier General Patrick. This Brigadier General is not a Confederate. He actually was a Union Brigadier General. He was the Provost Marshal for the Army of the Potomac. Just imagine that. Imagine you're a Confederate soldier. You believe in the causes of your side, and yet you see this top Union general provide you with essential supplies, knowing that those supplies could be essential to not only survival, but a wonderful Christmas party. But this kind of story was just the beginning. In 1862, a horrific defeat for the Union at the Battle of Fredericksburg. Reverend John Paxton, a veteran from the 140th Pennsylvania Volunteer Infantry, writes a passage about his experiences near the Rappahannock River in Fredericksburg. After a crushing defeat and a brutally, brutally cold winter, Reverend Paxton is walking along the Rappahannock River because he's on night watch. And as he and others are walking around, they hear voices across this river. Now, this Rappahannock River isn't that wide, so you can pretty well see who is on the other side of this little river here. He hears voices, and he sees a group of of Confederate soldiers. Even in the most desperate of times, this exchange that was about to happen represented something bigger than just the Battle of Fredericksburg or the two sides, the Union versus the Confederacy. It was about a birth of tradition that was revitalized through mutual respect and selflessness and care. Mr. Paxton said, Hello, Johnny, which is kind of a reference to the other side. And the Confederate soldier replies, Hello, Yank. Mr. Paxton replies, Merry Christmas, Johnny. 
Same to you, Yank. Say, Johnny, got anything to trade? Parts corn and tobacco. The size of our Christmas, Yank. And Paxton replies, All right, you shall have some of our coffee and sugar and pork. Boys, find the boats. And Paxton's men grab a boat with supplies, and they do a little Christmas exchange. They brought coffee, sugar, pork, brought it over to the Confederate side. The Confederate soldiers came over with their goodies, gave them to the Union side. As the, Mr. Paxton describes here, this is just a wonderful passage to end this letter. And that was actually published in 1886 in a newspaper called Harper's Weekly. Mr. Paxton wrote here, Then they divided the consignment. They laughed and shouted, Reckon you'n's been good with to weans this Christmas day, Yanks. Then they put parched corn, tobacco, ripe persimmons into the boats and sent them back to us. And we chewed the parched corn, smoked real Virginia leaf, ate persimmons, which if they weren't very filling, at least contracted our stomachs to the size of our Christmas dinner. And so the day passed. We shouted, Merry Christmas, Johnny! They shouted, Same to you, Yank! And we forgot the biting wind, the chilling cold. We forgot those men over there were our enemies whom it might be our duty to shoot before evening. We had bridged the river, spanned the bloody chasm. We were brothers, not goes, waving salutations of goodwill in the name of the babe of Bethlehem on Christmas Day in 62. At the very front of the opposing armies, the Christ child struck a truce of us, broke down the wall of partition, became our peace we exchanged gifts. We shouted greetings back and forth. We kept Christmas, and our ears were lighter of it, and our shivering bodies were not quite so cold. Christmas number, Harper's Weekly, 1886. Although I only read about this story a few weeks ago, this has become one of my favorite stories to share with others. It encapsulates the importance and the meaning of Christmas. Even though 1862 was such a different time period than 2021, yet the significance and soul of Christmas is not changed. It is still a tradition where people exchange gifts to express appreciation towards one another. It is a time when people long to be with their families when the circumstances temporarily keep them apart. Even when the circumstances make people physically apart for some time, they still find ways to connect with one another, like writing those letters. Some of them I just read a few minutes ago. I really love how Christmas is celebrated in the Civil War because it was such a difficult and strenuous time period with so many people suffering. And yet people together found that faith 
and found that courage within them to reach out to someone and to show that the spirit of Christmas and the holiday season was still there. While no one knew what the result was going to be of that conflict, they knew that the least they can do, the least they can do to celebrate Christmas in whatever capacity it was, whether it was back at home or with their regiment, or perhaps even with just a few comrades in the middle of nowhere, they were all able to find a way to celebrate this amazing time. And they knew that they had this opportunity to express how they felt about the circumstances. Realize that it is not an easy time for anyone to perfectly say everything is going right. But at least we have each other. And we celebrate the holidays because we appreciate that company. We extend our love, our care for others because we want to. It is because of countless people in our lives, people who love us, who care for us, we want to bring out that love and care towards our loved ones too. We all share this amazing holiday season together with love and care. Maybe that's why we say it is the most wonderful time of the year. Thank you all so much for listening to this year's holiday special solo episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great rest of your day and rest of your week. Continue to enjoy the holiday season. And remember, a day in America always gets better when we are with our friends and fellow citizens.